Gatsby is a React.js website framework. You can think of like Gatsby as Jekyll++. Yeah, we like to call it like a framework because it, it does much more than kind of a traditional static site generator. It kind of came time to build a website for a startup. I don't want to, you know, to go back to any of those other things that I'd used before. That's kind of where Gatsby came from. I open sourced it and snowballed from there. Just like figure out how to unleash Gatsby on like the really big sites of the world. Looking for basically partners, you know, large websites that want to jump into the React Gatsby world. Hey, this is Brian, and you're listening to Jamstack Radio, a bi-weekly series where we discuss the Jamstack, a new way of building websites and apps that are fast, secure, and simple to work with. Jamstack Radio is brought to you by Heavybit, a program dedicated to helping startups take their developer products to market. For more information, visit heavybit.com. If you're interested in being a guest on the show, or if you'd like to suggest a topic, find us on Twitter at Jamstack Radio. Welcome to another installment of Jamstack Radio. In the house, we got Kyle Matthews. Hey, glad to be here. Cool. And Kyle, you are the creator of Gatsby, the React Static Site Generator, correct? Th- this is correct. This is cool. Correct. Awesome. Which is why we have you here. <laughs> and uh, so I guess we could just start like, what is Gatsby? That's a great place to start. Um, so, Gatsby, yeah, Gatsby is a React.js website framework. Okay. Uh, so it lets you build entire websites using React.js, React Components, which is awesome. Cool. And uh, so you said it's a, a React-based framework, not a static site generator. Is that correct? Yeah, it, it, you can think of it as a static site generator as well. It, it's it's kind of a open question, you know, on the brand yeah, yeah. there so, so far. Yeah, we like to call it like a framework because it, it does much more than yeah. kind of a traditional static site generator. Yeah. And that kind of can confuse uh, So people. how would it compare to something like, well, what my assumption, well, I've used Gatsby, so I'm going to play like uh, ignorant <laughs> advocate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, how would it compare to something like a Jekyll? So you can think of like Gatsby as Jekyll++. Plus plus. Yeah. Because um, on one hand, you know, you can take, you know, do exactly what you do with Jekyll, which is, you know, take Markdown and run it through React components and then spit out HTML pages. Yeah. And, th- and that's pretty straightforward. But what's great about Gatsby is it gives you that, um, but it also gives you a modern JavaScript and CSS, you know, development environment and production website environment yeah. so that you can do the Markdown, do that stuff, but also do everything you normally do in a React app, yeah. which I think is really powerful because you can combine kind of the app and website paradigms into one thing, which I think is really important because, you know, in this day and age, the internet's, you know, bigger and like more competitive. And uh, if you're building websites, you know, it's really nice field to take advantage of, you know, everything that kind of modern app tools give you. So at Netlify, we personally use uh, Hugo for a marketing site. Mm-hmm. Um, I do have a Gatsby project for internal stuff oh, okay. um, that we're, we haven't shipped yet, uh-huh. um, but it's also internal at the moment. And yeah. uh, but Hugo, what we do is like we inject. Well, we um, the uh, one of our my coworker that built uh, the marketing site just injected a bunch of jQuery in there. Yeah, because that was like the quickest we can get JavaScript on the page. Yeah, but also do like everything marketing that you would expect you would want to do. Yeah. Um. So we could also we could have went through the approach of adding React mm-hmm. on top of our 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 Hugo framework. Yeah. Um. But then that would be this really weird and messy yeah so exactly with, yeah with gatsby the way i understand it is that it actually it's react first that's what's doing all the rendering for you mm-hmm. is that correct yeah it's react only react only yeah 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 and that's what's so great i mean if you go straight react it's a dramatic simplification compared to 
doing something JavaScript heavy with another framework. Yeah. Because with another framework, you have the problem of you have like Hugo or Jekyll templates, but then anything you want to do in the front end, now you also have to maintain the same templates in JavaScript as well. Yeah. And you have like this like duplication, bifurcation of, you know, logic and templates, which can get really confusing and complicated to maintain. Where with Gatsby, you just have React components all the time, and that's all you have to worry about. Um, so it feels very simple to add, you know, JavaScript enhancements. Yeah, which is great for lack of like not having to do any context switching. So if you're mm -hmm. your your, your yeah. actual app app is already a uh, React app and you're doing all that's like the normal React stuff in there, but then you have to throw together something else. Mm -hmm. Actually, even zooming out, you can actually do your entire app in Gatsby. Is that correct? Like, yeah. Yeah, there's actually people who are building kind of marketing sites combined with their, you know, normal application. Oh, like there, yeah. there's several SaaS companies that like everything is Gatsby. Interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah, cuz uh, yeah, we have a uh, we have some issues having separate repos, uh having a Hugo like yeah. context and then having an, a React mm -hmm. context. Uh I think we we've solved a lot of those, but I think when you have if it, everything is Gatsby, I think like the whole login thing, like mm -hmm. you can log into the marketing site and then it could switch you over to the, the app site, which would be pretty awesome. Yeah. And you can like share components then across yeah. everything. Yeah, your style library actually would be yeah. shareable as well. Because I, I, I mean, I've worked at, like one of the companies I worked at, uh, you know, after a year or so there, you know, the marketing side did this big rebrand, and then all of a sudden the app was looked completely different, you know, than the marketing website. Yeah. And like that sort of stuff is really common. It's hard to keep everything in sync. Yeah. Um, but if you have a kind of like a, a component library and a design system that can work both in like a marketing context and in kind of like the app context, then it's really trivial to kind of keep everything like looking very similar and like feeling very cohesive and, and moving quickly forward. Because there's also problems, you know, with like marketing is always desperate for engineering resources. But, yeah. you know, engineers don't want to like jump into whatever the marketing people are using because typically it's. You know, some CMS thing that's like yeah. ugly and repulsive, and jQuery mess. jQuery mess, yeah, or, or or been worked on by like a dozen different people and a dozen different contexts and so forth. And it's just like not fun. But if the whole company can use like this common core set of React components, then it's it's pretty straightforward to uh, yeah, you know, keep moving forward quickly. Yeah, at a previous job, I I worked on a Rails app. But mm -hmm. our marketing site was WordPress. Yeah. And uh, we had a bunch of Rails developers and also JavaScript developers as well, because we yeah. ended up going Angular. It was a few years back, uh, a mm -hmm. few years ago. Uh, so Angular was pretty hot then. Mm -hmm. But uh, no one wanted to touch the marketing stuff. Yeah. Because you had to, it was a way, it was like a way different, complete context switch between Rails and WordPress and trying to figure out like where do I even start. Yeah. So, yeah. So yeah. can we zoom back out a little bit more about Gatsby? I want to find out like, so. Where did it come from? Like, why, why did you decide to build a static site generator? So, great question. Uh, so, a bit about my history. I actually started in programming in college back in the 2000s doing Drupal. That was kind of like my first exposure oh, to programming. Nice. So, I was definitely, and I did that really intensively for a few years, actually. I like, went to a bunch of Drupal cons and did a bunch of consulting in college and a bit after um, around Drupal and so forth. So, I, I was pretty heavily steeped in kind of the CMS website world. Uh, and then after college, a few years after college, I worked at Pantheon, which is a, a company here in San Francisco that does Drupal. They, they did like Drupal, just Drupal then, and now WordPress as well. Uh, they build like really nice developer and like hosting tools. 
Uh, anyway, so I, I have a lot of exposure to just like how, you know, how the world websites work. And so I had that. And then I, I, I at Pantheon, I actually transitioned to being just like a straight JavaScript engineer uh, and, you know, built out their web app uh, and did a bunch there. And then after Pantheon, I did a startup, you know, around that time, like React was getting really big. This is like early 2014. And so I did everything for the startup, like all of our app stuff in React and React and Webpack and like a few other things, you know, that are now like really common um, tools. And so anyway, so I, I was just fell completely in love with that whole paradigm of having, you know, these really, you know, decoupled atomic components yeah. that you could just mix and match together and, you know, have really brilliant reuse uh, patterns. And I was like, this is amazing. I'm so productive. I can like ship things without bugs that are exactly what I want. I, I can think of something and build it, you know, like super quickly. And I just never had, it just felt like a dramatic improvement over what I was using before, which was, you know, Drupal in the past and then, you know, Backbone and jQuery um, at Pantheon. And anyway, so it kind of came time to build the website for a startup. And I was like, I don't want to, you know, to go back to any of those other things that I'd used before. Like, I, I want to build like a website. And when I, when I said like website, it's like I wanted something that, you know, loaded really fast. So, it, you know, you loaded HTML, not like most apps, which you just kind of load like an H, empty HTML uh, yeah. body and then load the JavaScript and then it kind of boots up like that. I wanted to like ship HTML but build it with React components. So I was like, okay, how do I kind of like blend these two? Like basically how do I like take React and Webpack and use that to build uh, a static site generator? And uh, anyways, and that's that's kind of where Gatsby came from. Um, and it was basically just like, it started just like, oh, it'd be, it'd be cool if this existed sort of thing. Can I build something like that? Because if it you know, existed, that'd be great. I would use it. And that was about uh, mostly what I was thinking. Um, but then I open sourced it and it kind of snowballed from there. Yeah, and it basically took over your life. So, did you have basically? Yeah, <laughs> did you have plans on making this uh, when you open sourced it and said, "Here's Gatsby thing." Did you have plans on like, "Oh, this is going to be the thing I want to do and build projects to, in this form," or were you just like, "No"? I mean, I, I've been working on the startup then for about almost a year. So, I mean, we we were pretty set on making that a yeah. success. So, it, it was just you know, it's like React was early, and there's a lot of people just experimenting. Like, hey, there's this brand new thing. Like, what can it be? Yeah, you know. And that was, you know, a way I could contribute to kind of the developing React story. It's like, hey, here's this like way of taking React and like using it in kind of a novel, interesting, potentially valuable way. Yeah. And and I mean, early in any kind of experiment, you know, it's like you. you I mean, I had the inkling that it could be something pretty significant, but it wasn't. That wasn't the goal. It's like it was just like it was just like a cool hack, you know. Yeah. Like, so I I remember I used Gatsby for some small little side projects and like just checking a couple boxes somewhere. Mm -hmm. The reason why you built it was like see if this works. Mm -hmm. And uh, so it seemed much like like oh cool, there's a lot of things that work together. This is awesome. Yeah. And so you recently released 1.0, mm -hmm. so that was like a, a long time coming. And there's a lot of new things in like that. That are really cool that are built in into 1.0. One being like the plugin system, the other mm -hmm. thing being a lot of the PWA, like progressive web app enhancements. So, mm -hmm. like the offline thing, but like keeping that that idea first. Yeah. Uh, do you want to talk about like some of those things you added in 1.0? So, kind of like carrying on from the story. So, when I open sourced it, it was, hey, this would be awesome. But like most hacks, you know, just you're focused on getting 
to like the first stable point you can find, not necessarily like the global maximum, you know, type thing. Yeah. And so anyway, so 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 V zero uh, of Gatsby had a lot of limitations. One of the big ones was it wasn't like a progressive web app in the sense that progress. One of the big things about progressive web apps is that it kind of like progressively boots up. You know, it kind of like pulls in code and content and code and data as necessary to make the app kind of work. But one of the limitations of Gatsby V0 was it just compiled all data and code into one big JavaScript bundle and then loaded that in, um, which meant that it was pretty limited on the size of site that you could use it for. Um, so that was one of the big limitations that I wanted to address is that I wanted to have built-in code and data splitting um, for Gatsby. So no matter how big your site gets, you know it, it'll still boot up really quickly. It'll still load really quickly. Um, and then only kind of gradually pull in additional code and data as needed as you kind of like navigate around the site. V0, you know, you have a 10,000 page site and you're like loading in like a megabyte of JavaScript or something like that. Where Gatsby, even if it's like a 10 page site or 10,000 page site, you're still just loading in, you know, 100 or 150 kilobytes of JavaScript. And then as you like click around, it, you know, pulls in uh, stuff that's needed. Yeah. Uh, so that was one of the big things was just to like make it much more lightweight and scalable. The other couple, like you touched on like the plugin system, um, you know, a lot of people talk about like JavaScript fatigue, that it's just like, it's hard to set up a really powerful working environment that's like customized to like how you like to do web stuff. And a lot of that is just because configuring, you know, our primary tool these days, Webpack is, it's kind of a low level, sometimes poorly documented, sometimes really weird experience. Yeah. It's like powerful, but it's like a lot of friction to getting to a stable setup. And so the idea of, of Gatsby plugins is that it abstracts that low level configuration uh, behind, you know, kind of a plugin system. So you, you can just say, I want SAS set up correctly to work with Gatsby and Webpack and you just install it and then that's it. Um, and then, you know, people who then care about the, you know, and, and are knowledgeable about how SAS should work, you know, in the best way, then they kind of kind of maintain the, the actual plugin code. And so anyway, so so the Gatsby plugin system is really powerful. It can, you know, do anything to Webpack and like set up Babel plugins and, and a bunch of other stuff. Um, so it's really kind of fun to see that people who are really new to web development, they can, you know, just add plugins and things just work and they can get going without a lot of effort. Yeah, and so then the kind of the last big thing was a new data sourcing and transformation system. Yeah. So what, one of the other big limitations for static site generators is that they only work with files on disk. Yeah. So, which is great if you're like a programmer hacker dude, you know, like I want to build everything, you know, with Git and Markdown and files on disk. And I just want to like pull up my text editor and, you know, code away and whatever. But the vast majority of websites don't work that way. You, you actually have other people who don't sit in the terminal all day, you know, working on it. Yeah. Yeah. And so there, there's like, of course, a whole world of tools for, you know, CMSs, generally content management systems of all, you know, flavors for you know letting people edit and you know create and edit content and so forth anyway so so gatsby's data layer it lets you integrate gatsby with basically any data source so if you have an api you can write a gatsby source plugin which goes to that api and pulls down data and lets you then pull it into pages on your site 
Gotcha. And so there's already source plugins for like WordPress, for Drupal, uh, for uh, Firebase. Somebody built one for uh, Lever and Workable, which are two like job, yeah, uh, job kind of management tracking like tools. So anyway, so that they can like for their website, they can like pull down the current list of open jobs. Yeah. Um, Was just, there a recent Contentful? Um, oh yeah, plugin? and then yeah, yeah Contentful. Yeah. I think has, I saw that tweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Contentful has a really nice plugin as well. Uh, anyways, yeah. So th- there's there's they're, they're pretty easy to write and like they're really powerful. They kind of like recreate all the data from this remote system right in you know your your Gatsby uh, environment. So and is that exposed in like some sort of like so in Hugo they call them taxonomies or some sort of uh-huh. variable. Uh-huh. Um, is that this? If you use the plugin, is it exposed in like a Contentful or a Gatsby data? One kind of interesting constraint slash advantage of Gatsby, yeah, is because any any code you write for Gatsby runs on both you know during the build process, but then also runs in the client, uh, which means that so like Hugo and Jekyll and other places, in all your your templates, you have access to all your data. It's just kind of like. You know, basically, they just collect all your data and like, boom, stick it into the template and like, here, here's everything. Do whatever you want. And with Gatsby, that doesn't work because whatever data you put into a React component also has to be shipped into the client to be yeah. available there because it's like running the exact same thing on both, you know, at build time and also when it gets you know, loaded into um, uh, the browser, you know, or the the smartphone or whatever, you know, wherever the site's running. Yeah. And so because of that, we have kind of, anyways, a different like way of pulling data into components. And we use uh, something called GraphQL. Yeah. And GraphQL is a kind of, it's a query language, sort of similar to like SQL. So, so Gatsby uses GraphQL to query whatever data your source plugins bring in. Yeah. So if you have a contentful source plugin, then you can query the different content types that you're pulling in from Contentful. So you can have, you know, a post type and a product type and, you know, upcoming events type. And then those will be automatically turned into a GraphQL schema. And then you can just write, you know, like say you have a page with, you know, a sidebar with like a list of upcoming events. Uh, you can have a React component, which in that React component has a query for, you know, a list like the next the next five upcoming events, you know, sorted by their date. And then you can query some other fields, you know, like uh, the, the location and this, that, and the other thing. And then really easily turn that then into a component, which you can then drop, you know, anywhere on the site. I haven't messed around with any of the GraphQL stuff yet for Gatsby. Uh-huh. Uh, I've been intrigued enough to eventually get there. Mm-hmm. I just have to get the, the framework. I'm trying to build like, so we have a marketing team at Netfly. Okay. And we have a lot of notifications that need to be maintained, not maintained, People just need to be updated on yeah. like what is the status of this, what's the status of that. Yeah. So as I build an internal internal tool, um, and I wanted to use Gatsby because why not? And to be able to provide like a list or a stream of data mm-hmm. um, to show off and stuff like that. So yeah, it the data will be sourced from multiple places, um, GitHub and probably Slack. I think I'm okay. not sure. Yeah. I haven't thought through because we have we don't really have like a or Trello is another one that we also use. We need source plugins for all those. So. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, I'm really intrigued. So your plugins. So is it like similar to like Webpack plugins? Like you just kind of follow the structure, and it's just a bit of JavaScript that you have to piecemeal together between the different APIs. Like so, each plugin can take options. Yeah. So typically, if you're hit, if you're connecting to a remote API, you need 
you know, some sort of access key or access yeah. token. Yep. So the plugin, it just like takes that from the options that the user passes in. And then uh, it just does an API call of, you know, so sometimes, you know, APIs will have like client libraries, which will kind of smooth the process or other times, you know, you'll just get a HTTP library for Node.js and, you know, yeah. issue a call to like pull in stuff. And then it's just kind of up to the source plugin to Gatsby's the data. <laughs> yeah. And uh, how Gatsby thinks about data is in the terms of like, we just call them nodes. So just like individual chunks of data. Yeah. And so typically, you know, it'd be, so I'd say, say WordPress, you know, you have like posts and pages, you know, the WordPress source plugin, it takes each post and turns that into a Gatsby node. You have a few required fields like, you know, ID um, and then like a type. And then you just then add all the rest of the data that's like applicable to that field. Yeah. And then anyways, and that's basically all you do. You just say there's a Gatsby function called create node and you pass in the data and you just create all your nodes using that. And then Gatsby then kind of stores all that data and then uses that to A, infer the schema. Anyways, it's storing the data, it creates the schema, and then you can run queries against that schema, which then pull out you know, data from um, the store. So it's, it's, it's from, the, from an implementation, like a, you know, the, a source plugin implementation standpoint, it's really straightforward because all you have to do is say, hey, Gatsby, here's data. And then Gatsby handles the rest of it. Okay, cool. Yeah, it sounds like yeah. a, a fun weekend project. You guys are, you're still using, well, you guys, Kyle, <laughs> you're still using Webpack as, as part of your, your build system as well? Everything other than the data layer. Data layer is like its own independent system. Yeah. But Webpack handles all of the CSS and JavaScript uh, processing. Okay, cool. And that's not abstracted away. Like if I wanted to add things to my Webpack... Do I go there or do I reach for a Gatsby plugin? Uh, Gatsby plugin is advised because yeah. typically they've had a lot of attention to make sure that they're you know correct and so forth. Uh, and also it's nice because then you're abstracted away from Webpack version changes. Yeah. So we're, we're, we're getting fairly close to upgrading to Webpack 3. That'll be the next major release of Gatsby. Yeah. And if you've directly reached in and manipulated the Webpack configuration, then it's up to you to like update that for Webpack 3, which yeah. could involve some serious pain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe. But if you're just using a, a plugin, you know, then it'll be upgraded for you and you don't have to worry about it. So Okay, very cool. Yeah, yeah. I'll keep that in mind. I know I got that call out um, when we were at React Rally. Um, I built a template for Gatsby. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we used style components, but we didn't use the actual Gatsby plugin. Yeah. So noted. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah, so that, that's, that's, and that's the cool thing about plugins that like there's all sorts of potential optimizations that can be done for different things. And so the plugins are great because they kind of hide that complexity from you. And yeah, some of the maintainers, they're doing uh -huh. some refreshes on their React docs. Oh, yeah. And yeah, it yeah. seems like they're using Gatsby for it. Yeah. So have yeah. you been involved in that conversation or that those efforts? So Brian Vaughn uh, on the, the, the React core team at Facebook, uh, he's been leading up that effort. And uh, anyways, we've been friends for a while. So I've been helping out with uh, that and making sure, you know, anyways, it, it, Gatsby v1 is still new enough that any significant project is probably going to run into <laughs> bugs slash missing pieces. And uh, anyway, so I've been helping, you know, smooth over that yeah. and make sure that, you know, yeah, we, uh, we, we wrote some code because they're, they're hosting it on Netlify at the moment. Mm -hmm. uh, so we wrote some code to help support them. <laughs> so we've been well aware of that happening, but uh, it's nice to see that they're getting closer and closer to making that switch. Yeah, so. it's pretty close. I think the idea is to launch that along with React 16. 
Uh, exciting of course we'll all know while you're listening to this since i guess it'll react yeah. 16 will be out by the time this it'll is be out. out and you're probably looking at a gatsby page in the react docs yeah. so it's all gonna be fun you'll be like this is so amazing it's so fast and yeah so. awesome so what's next for gatsby now you have 1.0 you mentioned webpack 3 is going to be so 2.0 is going to be webpack 3 are you going to make yeah. that as a breaking change yeah so uh that that's that's the main thing uh we'll also upgrade uh, react 16 and babel 7 as part of okay. that, that's probably most of what we'll try to tackle in that upgrade. And the community members actually done a lot of the work on the Webpack 3 upgrade. Uh, so I just need to carve out some time soon to you know, focus on that. And then, yeah, so that's, Webpa- that, that's Gatsby 2. And then Gatsby 3 is starting to, starting to think more seriously about that. In Gatsby 3, the plan is to focus on scalability. Okay. Because, uh, so Gatsby V1 was a big, bump to our scalability like v0 if you got past a few hundred pages like you're you're in trouble and like v1 you can comfortably get to thousand two thousand i mean it's getting increasingly painful and somewhere around five six thousand maybe it just kind of put, you know starts to to crap out but there gatsby's always been designed that it can scale to essentially any number of pages yeah anyways i thought a ton about it just when i was working on v1 and anyway, so I, I want to start tackling that problem as well. Just like figure out how to unleash yeah. <laughs> Gatsby on like the really big sites of the world. Because uh, it'd be awesome to have, you know, sites of 100,000 pages, million pages running Gatsby. Yeah, you know, that'd be happily. a really interesting case study slash like I'd love to watch that that release notes as they get to- yeah, closer yeah. to beta. Yeah. So yeah, so uh, looking for kind of... Uh, basically partners, I guess, um, uh, cool. you know, large websites that want to jump into kind of the React Gatsby world. Yeah. For perspective, how do you know how many pages of Facebook React docs are? I would guess a few hundred. A few hundred? Yeah. Okay. One I'm more familiar with, like Gatsby.js is up to like 170, 180 or whatever. And it also does a lot of image processing. And so that takes like from a cold cache, it takes like a minute and 20 seconds or something to do image processing, you know, CSS and JavaScript and, uh, you know, all the processing and markdown and so on and so forth. And then from warm cache, it's like 45 seconds or so forth. It should be possible to make kind of like, you know, much more scalable that yeah. that's kind of like an upper bound for whatever the size of the site, um, just through adding in better caching and the ability to like paralyze uh, builds. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, I think uh, we just about covered, unless there's anything else you wanted to add in there. I know you guys are open source, so it probably really appreciative of PRs, issues, et cetera, et cetera. No, totally, yeah. Uh, it's It's been really phenomenal to see just uh, the growth of the community since V1 was launched. Like, I, I was I just actually just published a new blog post earlier uh, about, you know, kind of the growth of the community since uh, V1 launched. And I was, anyways, I was just counting some numbers. So there's been a hundred, 110 new contributors in like the last, uh, 77 days. So a bit over two months and there's been like 400 merge PRs in that time as well. Wow. And are you, you're the one reviewing them all? Do you have anybody else helping you out as like some sort of a help maintainer? Uh, there's a few other people, but I I think I'm doing most of it right now. Okay. Uh, But I mean, it it takes a while to groom. (laughs) New maintainers, if you will. Yeah. And they have to have enough experience with different parts of the code base. Yeah. Plus, you know, they have to have like a clear and 
they have to have enough time, I guess, to uh, jump to it and so forth. So, um, so far it's been me, but uh, mostly me. But uh, there's definitely some community members who are starting to contribute more and more and kind of like maintainer type stuff. Yeah. And people are like contributing in deeper and deeper ways, which is really great to see. Yeah, which is good. And it's going to set you up nicely to get that thousand page website. Yeah. Yeah. People, when choosing tools, they really love general tools. They just want, you know, this is this is my Swiss Army's knife. It can do anything that I need it to. It's like always like this comfortable, familiar tool that can perform well in lots of situations. And so for Gatsby to get to that point, it just has to have, you know, gazillions of contributors that have like exercised it in every possible situation so that, you know, there's not like this, this blessed path that if you stay in there, it's comfortable and works well and it's not bugs, but you like, you step off it and then like, well, Hey, like, why'd you step off it? I mean, we only care about this sort of thing, you know? Yeah. So I, I want, I want Gatsby to be kind of that general purpose tool. Yeah. Cool. Well, hopefully I'll, I'll get it into, I'll get it inside Netlify and, uh, I'll start being able to then like one virus. So yeah. I'll, yeah. <laughs> Netlify myself. And, uh, I'll be able to, um, yeah, hopefully get a plug-in or two mm-hmm. out of the way. So yeah, that'd be awesome. You'll see me around. Yeah, looking forward to your PRs. Cool. And uh, yeah, so that's the conversation. And I kind of want to transition us to jam picks. So okay. you're yeah. familiar. Uh, anything you're jamming on, things that yeah, are getting yeah. going. Uh, yeah, so I thought I'd pick some albums that I've been, music albums I've cool. been really awesome. enjoying lately. Uh, I listen to a lot of music. So I switched to Spotify a few years ago. And whenever you make kind of like a major music platform change, you just lose music for a while. And then, but it's kind of fun though, because eventually you run across them again. And you're like, oh yeah, I used to listen to that in college when I was like had CDs and stuff, yeah. <laughs> or whatever. What are CDs? <laughs> I know, I don't, I can't really remember. They're like circular and they smell funny if you put them in the microwave. That's that's the main things I remember now. Uh, but anyway, CDs, CDs, yeah. So, um, so anyway, so two that I recently rediscovered are RJD2, uh, Dead Ringer. Uh, RJD2 is the band or album. Anyways, Dead Ringer is the album. And it's kind of like early, early-ish electronic, you know, music. It was pretty innovative. And anyways, it, it still holds up super well, uh, you know, 10, 15 years later. And then another one that I ran across again, uh, this one's actually really old, but I discovered it like 10 years ago, but it's from 60s, 70s. Anyways, Crosby, still, Stills and Ash. Okay. They're kind of uh, name. I've heard the name of that. I don't think I've ever... I can't name a song. <laughs> yeah. Another one I've really been enjoying recently, uh, Lord's uh, new album, Melodrama. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah. I, I I really liked her first album, but this one's like feels like a big step forward, um, just kind of maturity of her songwriting. Um, she's a very, uh, a very adept songwriter. Those are my jam picks. Cool. Awesome. I got some stuff to listen to. Uh, so my picks actually, these don't sound like polar opposites, so... One thing I love, I love this like new, I don't even know if it's new. It's actually, it's country music, but it's like uh-huh. country music as if it was like 40 years ago. Oh, okay. I think they call it alt country. Yeah. Um, so Sturgill Simpson is a guy I've been listening to a lot. Okay. And uh, I can't pick an num- oh, actual song. I use Spotify as well. So I'll just mm-hmm. like put in like mm-hmm. follow that artist and just play them while mm-hmm. I'm on the okay. train. So he's just a, a guy I just love listening to. Um, I think uh, I think I like country, but I don't like 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 name brand country. I like yeah, I like this like weird underground indie country thing that's going on right now. Yeah, that that sounds more. I don't know. My little sister likes country, and whenever I'm listening to it, I'm not. Yeah, that not a, I, I come from the south, but I, I'm not a big fan of okay. like like proper Florida Florida Georgia Line bro country whatever. Uh-huh. I'm not into that. Yeah. But Sturgill Simpson, so check that out. Okay. And then there's this other artist who, um, not even sure if she's an artist. Well, she's an artist. She she's made she has a song out. Her name's Cardi B. 
Mm-hmm. So it's like Bacardi, but Cardi B. Okay. And uh, she's an interesting person where she's like, she's more Instagram famous than she is singer famous. And uh, so she used to be a stripper and then be- she became an Instagram model, uh-huh. um, which whatever that is, I don't, it's just people who take pictures of themselves and put up there. So they yeah, get a lot I've of missed following. the boat on Instagram. So yeah. And uh, so then I guess one of, she was at a photo shoot and someone was listening to her yell at somebody on the phone and they, <laughs> they figured out the cadence that she was yelling in was actually really good for rap. <laughs> so now she's a rapper. Uh, so she's like very much in like the Nicki Minaj vein. Yeah. Uh, but she's got this song, um, which is uh, Bodak Yellow. And uh, that's like her her hit. So it's it's real. I think her story is more interesting than the actual song itself. But the song's actually pretty good if you're into that, okay. that sort of style. So uh, check out Cardi B. I think she's going to be like the next like Kim Kardashian or I don't know. She might have a, she might have, she might be in the reality space. I'm not even sure. Yeah. Uh, she just came out of nowhere i just kept hearing her name and i finally listened to the song and i was like oh that's her yeah I, I find it really interesting yeah how celebrities these days are so they like so easily morph from category to category now well i There's mean like you just no gotta, boundaries they're just like i'm famous and you know you can kind of jump anywhere yeah so the um the philosopher snoop dogg uh his mm-hmm. saying is get in where you fit in so yeah uh, that's pretty much where it is and i think uh i think he's also been a really good testament of that uh, on top of that, I do want to mention GraphQL as one of my picks. Uh, if you haven't tried it, I think you should really check it check it out. Uh, as I mentioned before, I will be talking about GraphQL Summit on some of the stuff I've been doing at Netlify for GraphQL. And uh, so it's going to be a short lightning talk, but it's going to be a lot of fun. It'll probably be out by the time and done by the time this comes out. So just check it out. Google it. Google my name. And Kyle, thanks for coming in the, the Heavy Bit Studio and talking about Gatsby with us. Yeah, my pleasure. Awesome. So, yeah, that's it. And uh, keep spreading the jam. Will do. Awesome. That's all the time we have for today. If you're interested in being a guest on the show or if you'd like to suggest a topic, find us on Twitter at Jamstack Radio. To learn more about Heavybit, visit heavybit.com. And while you're there, check out their library. It's packed with amazing talks on sales, marketing, product, and general management from founders of developer tools companies and other industry leaders. 